Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is Sunday, the ninth day of October 2022. I want to talk for a moment about probably the worst organizations in America homeowners associations. Now, many of you have or currently live in a residential neighborhood which is quote-unquote governed by a homeowners association. Most people think, ah, homeowners association doesn't have any power over me. But when you move into certain subdivisions, certain neighborhoods, and you buy the house in that giant mountain of paperwork that you are provided with at the time you sign the act of sale into existence where you now own the property or you now have financed the property and are going to be making payments for the next 30 years of your life to buy that piece of property, somewhere buried in that pile of paper, there might be your contractual obligation to follow the rules and regulations of the homeowners association. Generally speaking, a homeowners association, like a labor union, at some point in time probably had a good purpose. Let's take a nice upscale neighborhood, $700,000 homes, big, beautiful, well-manicured lawns and yards and landscapes, maybe a golf course, tennis club, you know, an upscale place that the lower end of the economic schedule of Americans will never see unless they're in there robbing the place. And some redneck, Jed Clampett, Granny, Jethro decides they want to come in and move into that neighborhood because they just won the lottery. The first thing they want to do is paint their house bright auburn orange and blue or purple and gold because they're from the lsu tigers fan club never having of course ever stepped foot into a classroom in any college but they're the biggest diehard fans there are we'll talk about that at another time and they want to paint that house bright purple and gold or orange and blue or whatever color they want maybe chartreuse or green and pink and lime green and highlighter yellow. At that point, a homeowners association is a good thing. Many homeowners associations have a certain palette, a paint palette, and they say you can paint your house any color within this paint palette. All of the houses in this neighborhood are sandstone, cream colored, or a darker brown. We don't have grays and blacks. We don't have reds and greens. We certainly don't have reds, greens, and blacks. The color palette keeps the neighborhood looking cohesive. Not necessarily uniform. You don't want everything to be exactly the same. There should be some allowance for individuality. But how tacky would it be to be having a dinner party or nice family gathering? very first house at the entrance to the subdivision is purple and gold, purple and yellow, orange and black, 
some god-awful combination that you wouldn't want to be caught dead in. But the neighbors trying to make a statement will paint that house any damned color they please. So I see where there is a need for some rules, some governance, some set of standards, restrictions. You can't just decide that your in-laws are moving in, so you run down to the local building supply store, buy a bunch of two-by-fours and press board, plywood, and build an addition onto the front of your house. It just can't be done. It's not in keeping with the neighborhood, with the appearance of the neighborhood. I see there's a reason for that. But the people who run homeowners associations usually are men with short man syndrome, Napoleon complexes, little bald-headed guys who've never really been leaders. Oh, they may have kissed ass and worked their way up into some management job where they can boss minimum wage peons around, you know, like a Burger King manager or a district manager for Dollar General stores. They've got a title. They might have a position in their company, but they want to drag that home and impose their will upon the people in their own neighborhoods. So they become the homeowners association president. Those are the ones, those little short man syndrome guys with attitude problems. Or guys who were non-commissioned officers in a branch of the military and they were used to bossing grunts around, bossing around ensigns and not ensigns, but privates, seamen. Or perhaps it's even worse. It's the local Karen, a woman who maybe had a job in corporate America. Maybe she was a newscaster. Maybe she was cute at one time, and now after spitting out three, four, five kids, she's much wider of the hip, much plumper all the way around. And she hates herself each and every day when she looks in the mirror. She just despises what she has grown into. And maybe she smokes, and she's got that gravelly voice. And maybe she thinks by being the Homeowners Association president, somehow she can be the boss of the neighborhood, the mayor of the street. I actually lived in a neighborhood that did not have a homeowners association, but we had our own neighborhood, Karen. I won't mention Linda's name because I don't want to piss her off. Oops. <laughs> Silly me. This woman was the kind who would go down the street with a yardstick and measure the height of every lawn to make sure the grass wasn't above six inches. And then she'd call the code enforcement people, you know, the parish or county actual officials who enforce the building codes for a neighborhood. This woman would call the sheriff's office if you parked your pickup truck in your own driveway and the bumper stuck out over the sidewalk three inches. She'd call the cops, the real police. You wonder why they're not catching robbers and murderers and rapists? It's because they're responding to calls for service from those neighborhood association presidents, those homeowners association presidents who think that because they have a title, they can boss you around. Now, I told you that to tell you this. Today, I had to go and assist 
someone in the recovery from a flood. Got to the property, had an appointment scheduled, and this neighborhood butts up against another neighborhood. They're adjacent. There is a small five-foot easement between the two subdivisions. And the people I was going to help were in the last house on the right in subdivision A. And their next door neighbor is in the last house on the left at the easement of the subdivision next door. So they're basically next door neighbors with a five foot easement between them, between their yards, not their houses. I took the GPS route that I was given and it took me to subdivision B where the neighborhood Kevin or Darren or however they, whatever word they're calling the neighborhood association male presidents. This guy came out of his house, walked up to my vehicle and said, who are you and what are you doing on my street? And I just looked at him. I gave him that sort of look that you give of, I'm ignoring you. He says, are you deaf or are you just stupid? And I just smiled. And I said, who are you to ask me who am I? Who are you? My name is so-and-so and I'm the president of the so-and-so subdivision homeowners association. And you are on private property. I let this individual know that number one, it's a public street. I invited him to look at the GIS survey, which proves it is a public street. And I told him it was none of his damn business who I was, am, what have you. None of your business. He says, well, I'm demanding to see your ID. And I just laughed at him. I said, can I see your ID? He says, why? I'm not parked on your private street. I said, well, that makes two of us because I'm not parked on any private street. I'm parked on a public street. I'm not here to see you. So get to stepping, mind your own business, pound sand, kick rocks. I don't care. I'm not here for you. So he took his phone out and he took my picture. So I took my phone out and took his picture. Then he walked around the back of my truck and he took my license plate number down. And this is where the fight began. I walked over to his driveway and stayed in the street. I took a picture of all three of the cars in his driveway. He says, what do you intend to do with those license plate numbers? I said, I don't know. What do you intend to do with mine? He says, I'm calling the sheriff. I said, oh, go right ahead. Maybe I'll call the sheriff too. you got three cars parked on private property. He goes, it's my private property. I just laughed at him. I went into the next door neighbor's yard right across the five foot easement. This man's screaming at me. You can't cross that easement. You can't cross that easement. I just laughed and shook my head. Took a few photographs, took a few measurements. The fun lady there says, listen, we really don't have any damage here. I thought we did when we were evacuated. Someone said we had damage in this neighborhood, but I don't have any damage. So I said, sign here. And the guy says, you can't leave. I've called the cops. I said, well, tell them to find me. I'll be at Hooters. There's a ball game coming on. I'll be at Hooters just up the road. He says, you're not leaving. I'll block you in. I said, if you block me in, I promise you, I'll run you over. He says, well, if you think it's a public street, I have the right to stand there. I said, you don't have the right to kidnap me. You don't have the right to falsely imprison me. You better choose your words and actions very wisely there, Mr. Karen. He told me again, that's not his name. I said, I don't care, Karen. You, you know, you're acting like a Karen. How miserable of a life do you have 
Karen, that you have to sit in your front yard after a major storm went through and worry about a person parking their vehicle on a public street. I said, I have made no actions towards you to make you think I'm going to do you any harm or your property. I'm not here to loot. I didn't take my license plate off of my vehicle to try and hide who, it's, who it belongs to. I'm out here helping people. And you're out here acting like a total and complete ass. I said, but if you really call the cops, tell them if they really need to be here, they need to hurry because I got a ball game to watch at Hooters. He didn't stand behind me. I guess he thought he would delay me long enough for the local sheriff's office to come. I laughed. I left the subdivision. As I was driving out, I saw two deputy sheriff's cars heading in. I just kept driving. They didn't try to flag me down or anything like that. But I left. You want to know why there is no law enforcement stopping robberies, rapes, drug deals, shootings, stabbings, big minority guys walking into convenience stores and passing counterfeit $20 bills? Yeah, I went there. I went there. The reason the cops aren't doing that is because they're taking two units off the streets during a major disaster to go and answer a call for service for some neighborhood Karen or Darren, some HOA president, because he doesn't like somebody parking in front of his house. <laughs> Poor baby. I left the subdivision. I went to Hooters. I parked right out front. I backed into a parking space so that my license plate number could be visible from the street. I went in, watched the game, had me a glass of iced tea, ate some wings, and some fried something or other. I don't even know what the hell it was. French fries with cheese on them. I walked out, got in my truck, and there was a police officer waiting right there in the parking lot. So I walked over to him and said, hey, bud, how's it going today? He says, fine, sir. How are you? I said, I'm fine. He says, is that your white pickup? I said, absolutely is. I said, are you waiting for me to leave so you can pull me over? He says, now, why would I want to pull you over? So I'm just asking. I said, uh, I'm sure you got a call for service about my license plate. He says, well, to be honest with you, as a matter of fact, we did. I said, okay, well, as you can see, I got my body camera on here. I record all of my interactions with the public because I serve the public. And I pulled out several forms of ID, one of which he was kind of looking at and going, well, okay, well, you have a nice day, sir. And that was the end of the encounter. He liked my ID. I explained to him what I was doing. I said, I'm here to look at damage here from another state, taking time off from my busy schedule to assist people in recovering from the recent disaster. He thanked me for my time. I thanked him for his service and said, isn't it a shame you got an HOA president from some homeowners association who's going to waste your time and a 911 call? If that were me and I were, in, I were on duty here as a law enforcement officer, 
think I'd go back there and charge that guy with abusing the 911 system. Certainly, I'm no threat to anyone. Old man in an old truck. But anyway, he said, have a nice day, and that was the end of that. Now, I wonder what's going to be said when his buddy, the other police officer, goes back to Mr. Karen, Darren, whatever, and tells him, yep, nothing we could do. Man showed me his IDs. They're for legitimate purposes. We don't want to step on those toes. All those people get wind of cops being called because people are parking in front of houses to do the job they were sent here to do. They might all pack up and go home. And then no one will be here to look at our disaster. Homeowners Association Presidents. The legal binding authority in many homeowners association contracts is what makes these Karens and Darrens think they actually have some kind of power over everyone's lives. When in fact, they have no power over anyone's lives who come in to visit, who come in to perform a service. There might be a big old no soliciting sign in the front of the subdivision, but I wasn't there soliciting anything. I wasn't trying to sell anything. I wasn't conducting a survey. I wasn't asking the Karen or the Darren who they wanted to vote for for president. It was obvious. They had a Biden camel toe sticker on the back of each one of their cars. Oh, and that's another thing. You'll notice that most homeowners association presidents are registered Democrats Registered Democrats. Maybe they should defund the Homeowners Association. That's a good idea. Defund the Homeowners Associations. It's a wonderful idea. People actually have to pay a yearly Homeowners Association dues. Sorry about that. The GPS decided to chat. They pay dues to the Homeowners Association for the privilege of being a member of that association, and then they have to put up with someone like Karen or Darren. And some of them have decorating committees. Let's put red, white, and blue flags on the front of the subdivision for the 4th of July, says one homeowner. The homeowners association president says, no, 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 no. That's too patriotic. That's too much like MAGA. It's too much like Republican thing. It's too conservative. Let's put up a rainbow flag. We can show our our community that we support LGBT rights. But we're not aware of any LGBTQ people here in the subdivision. Oh, great homeowners association president. That you know of. Let's put a Black Lives Matter flag in the front of the subdivision. Sorry, I have to vote that one down. Then you're a racist. Those are the kinds of interactions that those homeowners association presidents thrive on. They can't wait to push some radical leftist, liberal, progressive, woke agenda on the subjects of their little kingdom, their little fiefdom. And then if anyone dares go against those liberal, progressive, woke, socialist-leaning programs, the homeowners association president can then say... You see, I told you Steve Z was a homophobe. I told you he was anti-gay. I told you he was anti-this, anti-black, racist, bigoted, whatever. Because I don't want a giant Black Lives Matter flag hanging in the front of a subdivision. Doesn't make me a racist. 
just means that I don't necessarily stand in line with the racist organization known as Black Lives Matter. I don't stand in line with the same viewpoints of the LGBTQIARST alphabet queer crowd. It doesn't mean I'm afraid of queers. I'm not homophobic. I have no phobia against queers. I just choose, for the most part, to not associate with them. I don't think they're going to turn me. They might hit on me, big sexy guy that I am. But I don't swing that way. The back door is an exit only. I know you're chuckling, Jason. I know you're chuckling at that one. The back door is an exit only. And this is the Truth Hurts program. So why did I mention homeowners associations anyway? Because that that little encounter with the local homeowners association president got me thinking. It's those homeowners associations who have the legal right to place a lien against your home if you don't comply with their Gestapo-like rules, their Nazi-like rules. And you go to sell your house, they put a lien against your home and they're fining you. They're sending you a fine. If you don't pay their fine, which goes to the decorating committee so they can put little pumpkins up at Halloween. If you don't pay the fine, there's a lien against your home, which will prevent you from selling your home until you pay off all of the fines plus the interest those fines garner. It's all written out in your homeowners association contract. And it is those homeowners association presidents who say, well, gee, I run X subdivision. This is my domain. I am the king. I am the dictator. Maybe I'll run for public office now. After all, I'm also the PTA president at the local elementary school. I'm the guy who got the water fountain changed in the hallway in the elementary school because I'm the PTA president and the homeowners association president. So I'm going to run for public office on the Democrat party ticket. And that's what they do. That's how it begins. They might run for school board. They might run for council of their local town. They might even run for mayor. And from there, state representative, I'm going to represent an entire district of my state, an entire district mine to control and the subjects of my little fiefdom, my little kingdom, my little dictatorship will have to obey every new law and rule that I put into effect or for certain I will have them banished or I'll use my power and influence to call my friends in the sheriff's department and have them go by because most people in America do not understand the law. They don't understand the rights that the Democratic Party's trying so desperately to take away from them. When the cop comes on your property and knocks on your door and says, hey, I just got a call for service. You need to show me your ID. You don't. You have to be suspected of committing a crime. And they have to articulate the law that you are supposedly breaking before you ever have to give them your identification. It's called the Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution. And you certainly don't have to answer a policeman's questions. 
You can open your mouth and incriminate yourself if you'd like, but you do not have to answer their questions. It's not obstruction. They'll tell you, well, that's obstruction. They're lying. Police officers are the only people in America that the United States Supreme Court has ruled have the right to lie to you in their official capacity in order to get information. They can lie to you and tell you they have a warrant. They don't have to show it to you. And then they're going to walk right in your house. It's not true. If you then say, well, okay, you can come in. You've now granted them permission to come in. You've granted them permission. They no longer need the warrant they claim they had, but never had to begin with. Opening your mouth is opening yourself up to giving up your constitutional and civil rights. You need to remember this, my friends. You need to know this because it's fact. It's reality. Why have you pulled me over, officer? If they don't tell you why, you don't have to tell them anything. They are supposed to, by law, tell you the reason for the stop before you surrender your ID to them. And I could go into a bunch of other things. You don't have to hand them your driver's license. Most states just require you to stick it up in the window of your car for them to read, and then you put it back in your wallet. Some states say the driver's license is the property of the state, and you must surrender it when it is requested by law enforcement for a legitimate, lawful reason. I am pulling you over because you are violating Texas Revised Statute TX659641, exceeding the posted speed limit. You have to hand it to them. You got to. But if they say, how you doing today? Do you know how fast you were going? Never, ever should you answer that question. Never. Because I didn't have to answer the question of the Homeowners Association president today of who am I and what am I doing here. I should have said, my name is Rachel and I'm delivering pizzas. What the F does it look like? A man with a camera and a tape measure. I should have said, I'm Rachel and I'm here to deliver pizzas. But instead I just kept my mouth shut, asked him who he was. I didn't surrender any of my information to him. So when the police officer pulls you over and asks for your ID, he's only asking. If he demands it under the color of law, he violates your Fourth Amendment rights under the color of law, then he has violated your civil rights. He loses his qualified immunity from prosecution he could lose his job. I'm not saying be a dick to the cops. But if you've done absolutely nothing wrong, you do always have the right to remain silent under the Fifth Amendment. You have the right to feel secure in your persons and papers, meaning you don't have to hand over your ID unless you've been lawfully uh, accused of committing what? A crime. An actual crime crime. You have broken some law. Okay, enough about that. Joe Biden's having a hard time once again explaining the massive increase in fuel prices. When I first arrived here in the Sunshine State, excuse me, when I first arrived here in the Sunshine State a week ago today, diesel fuel was running around 449 459 a gallon. 
on average. Most of the stations. Yeah, you had that one that looks like a... Well, I won't say. Let's just say it's one of the big name brand stations. We're still charging five ten a gallon. All the big truck stops, they know they've got those big trucks by the short and curly ones, so they are over $5 a gallon. But the local corner gas stations were running $4.49 to $4.59. And then, poof, miraculously, $4.99 everywhere. Like someone sent out a memo. Doesn't matter what you paid for the fuel in the ground. Jack your price up to $4.99 everywhere. All those short, those uh, lower price stations are now $4.99. $5.69, at the truck stops. How is Joe Biden going to explain this massive overnight increase in fuel prices? He can't blame it on Trump. Trump's been out of office for almost two years. Can't blame it on Republicans in general. They're not running the Senate. They're not running the House. They're not running the White House. Supreme Court has nothing to do with fuel prices. Can't blame it on Vladimir Putin. There's been no change. If Joe Biden indeed was responsible for the prices coming down the last couple of months, by the way, they never came down anywhere near what they were before. Nothing's changed in that war to make them go back up. Only Joe Biden and his economic policies, my friends. Don't let them lie to you. Don't let them fool you. Thanks for letting me be a part of your Sunday. Go out there and make it a great day. The NFL is on. Watch some ball games and have a good day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music provided by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Audionautics.